Hello, welcome to Fishnets and Phantoms, a podcast by Amy Shelfsrain. The first episode is entitled Goodbye Summer Cannibals. And I am saying goodbye quite happily to summer. Now, most people love summer. Summer is their favorite time of the year. I, however, don't. I don't really like summer. Uh, Summer is hot. Summer is bright. Summer is long. And summer is people-y. There are always many, many people everywhere outside. And I don't really like crowds. I don't like, um, I don't like interacting with dozens and dozens of people at all points in time. Um, so I'm going to be very happy when fall kicks in fully. Right now the trees are still pretty green, just a hint of red, a little bit of brown, but uh, if I remember correctly, all of a sudden things change and there will be a beautiful riot of colors soon. So I'm looking forward to that and all the wonderful Halloween things that go with it. Yes, Halloween, the most wonderful time of the year. So today is Friday the 13th Eve. It is the 12th of September and let's get into some news. All right, so at the beginning of episodes, I'm on a bring a couple news items that I found interesting to the front of the podcast. And uh, the first thing is that, I guess, in the first time since 1986, vinyl is poised to outsell CDs. Streaming content still is 62% of music sales, but vinyl is um, taking a larger cut of the business than CDs are now, which is good and bad news. I don't want CDs to go away. I really don't want them to go away because I like having a hard copy of music. I don't know if it's because I am naive, but I don't trust um, I don't trust my music selection and things that I buy to really be there. I've had things disappear off of my iTunes and other um, players and. I'm very picky about music. I like I like to not only have the recording that I have, but also the recording that I want. Now, there is a sound effect for you. Um, apparently, there is a police car going by. I apologize about that, but until um, I get a studio going, we're going to hear a couple things like that. Okay, you also might hear meows. There are some cats walking around that uh, are disposed to do these sort of things. All right. Um, now... Vinyl records are an experience that I recommend everyone have. If you haven't listened to um, music on a vinyl record, I think that it's worth going out and getting a slightly inexpensive record player and um, exposing yourself to it. The um, experience of vinyl is something different than CDs. There's um, the famous hissing and popping that you get on the um, the recording, but it's not it's not as intrusive as people make it sound. There's something about it that is nostalgic, and it it feels it feels pleasantly lo-fi. I think that most people will find that to be an experience they like having. 
maybe not for everything. And there's people that will not like it, uh, just as there are people who like it. Um, there's a reason that CDs came out, and when the CDs first came out, there's there was no thought of something like streaming, being able to listen to perfect music and listen to whatever you want at the at your fingertips is amazing. Um, it used to be that if you wanted to listen to something, you had to make an effort. You had to make an effort to keep your records nicely. You had to uh, never touch them just by the edges of the um, record because the oils from your hand would eventually start to erode the vinyl. And also it creates like a sticky surface for dust to adhere to. And you don't want anything interfering between the needle and the groove of the record. Otherwise, you'll get things like skips, and, and that's not pleasant. Um, I know that now you can get vinyl. Uh, you can get new vinyl at new uh, some new bookstores, like Barnes & Noble sometimes carries it, uh, record stores, if there are some around, uh, music stores in general will have a vinyl section, otherwise it can be ordered um, easily enough. Um, the new vinyl is um, being marketed to um, the people who used to have vinyl back in the day and those who want to experience for the first time. But I really would recommend going to a Goodwill or some store like that. I know that there's problems with the Goodwill business model, uh, but uh, Goodwill clone. Uh, I know that there's, uh, I, th I think the Institute of the Blind has a uh, sales, uh, sales wing and um, used bookstores, other things like that. And there's plenty of vinyl out there. Um, the experience of vinyl, the smell of it, it smells like, warm coffee and just it has that I don't know there's a je ne sais quoi <laughs> je ne sais what um, no there's a, something ineffable about it and I recommend it alright so the next bit of news is that it looks like Margaret Roby of Suicide Squad fame is set to reboot Tank Girl now uh, you may remember the very 90s film adaption of the British comic Tank Girl, starring Laurie Petty. Laurie Petty is most recently known for the character of Laurie Whitehall, a paranoid schizophrenic, who believed the NSA had sent a hitman out to, to get her in Orange is the New Black. Um, her character in the comic was very different from the character in Orange is the New Black uh, also. I mean, she was probably in her late 20s when she played uh, Tank Girl. But Tank Girl is all about confidence. Tank Girl is represented, a, the character of Tank Girl is represented a lot more in media today. Um, she is a very confident woman who does what she's going to do and is very funny about it. She has a very manic personality and she's... Um, full of joy and um, laughter, though she's in a pretty bad situation. She lives in a post-apocalyptic sort of world, and uh, she has to fight against the 
Water and Power, um, which has taken over the world. They're kind of the state at the time. And they are run by a character played by Malcolm McDowell, who is, of course, always a wonderful villain. Uh, he's very good at glowering at people and talking down to them in a very British way. Um, the comic by Jamie Hewlett and Alan Mart- Martin are it ins- but was inspired by the countercultural zeitgeist of the comics industry at the time. It mirrored the growing empowerment of women in the punk rock culture. Unfortunately, the movie, despite having stars uh, such as Mac- Malcolm McDowell, Laurie Petty, and Naomi Watts, uh, did not do well. It cost $25 million to make, and it earned back only $6 million. So um, it probably would have been a fight if such a star wasn't the one that was interested in rebooting it. I think that Margaret Robbie will do a great job of being um, Tank Girl. Her portrayal of Harley Quinn was actually pretty close in temper, at least, to a Tank Girl sort of uh Tank Girl sort of character, except there's Tank Girl is more adult. There's no um, playing it like childishness, like sucking on a lollipop or talking in a cutesy, cutesy way. Uh, Lori Petty has a voice that is kind of cute, one would say, but um, there was really there's really no question that she was an adult woman, um, and. I think that Margaret Robbie will do a great job of portraying uh, Tank Girl from her former experience at doing Harley Quinn. All right, uh, rounding out the news in the Friday, this Friday the 13th Eve episode is apparently water vapor was found on an atmosphere in the atmosphere of a rocky exoplanet. Now, this planet, K218b, which is in the habitable zone of a star, its star, is now one of the most promising planets to look for extra, extraterrestrial life. Okay, now extraterrestrial life could be anything. Um, we like to think of little green men, um, but it's it could be anything. It could be moss, and um, it could be sentient moss. It could be sentient rock. Um, there is much more to this universe than we can think of even like that we probably can conceive of with our brains. I mean, eventually maybe we'll be able to conceive of it, but um, it's very exciting to think that there is some place out there that has the possibility to have life in a, in a form that we could recognize it. And I don't know, possibly to know that there's something out there and not just, just, I, you know, to say just us, and which is what people always say about that uh, idea of there being aliens or not aliens, um, extraterrestrial life. Um, there's so many of us, there's so many of us and there's so many animals and life on this earth. We are, incredibly rich. 
But saying all of that is sort of putting the cart before the horse because uh, this rocky exoplanet is 110 light years away. So I don't think we're going to be visiting it very soon unless there's a huge invention soon and um, we are able to travel light year distances and not die or go back in time and become babies or whatever other science fiction um, outcome there would be in a situation like that. Uh, okay, um, this was discovered by the Kepler Space Observatory, this planet, I'm sorry, this planet uh, K218b was discovered by the Kepler Space Observatory in 2015. Now, there is another problem with the planet um, in terms of going to visit, going over and, you know, having lunch, I guess, or having a picnic, I don't know, um, what people plan. Uh, articles are always hilarious because they just assume that science fiction is real and we can just bop right on over. Um, but anyways, this planet orbits a s small red giant, um, and it is considered somewhat unstable. Um, apparently, red dwarf... No, I said red giant. I said red giant, and I meant to say red dwarf. I apologize for that. Um, but apparently, uh, red dwarf stars, which often have a lot of planets, um, often produce tremendously powerful solar flares, which... It would be extremely deleterious for any sort of life on the planets themselves. So unless they've adapted some sort of a way to shield themselves from those solar flares, I don't know if there would be any life inhabiting that planet. But eh, I'd say that we'll find out soon, but I don't know how soon. Not for a while, at least. Okay, so that is the end of the first segment of Fishnets and Phantoms, and I will be back momentarily. Hello, welcome to the second segment of Fishnets and Phantoms. Okay, I'm going to do some reviews of a concert that we saw back in August. It's a little bit late, but, well, sometimes things take longer than one had hoped. On Friday, August 9th, at the Cactus Club in Bayview, Wisconsin, um, we were able to see a wonderful lineup that consisted of Moxie and Loon, Heavy Looks, Leggy, and the... Headliners, Summer Cannibals. Um, first, Moxie and Loon came out, and they were good. They were very good. They um, did a short set, mostly of covers, but they were they did the covers capably. They um, engaged the audience, and they were good musicians and engaging. Um, I think I said engaged many times, but... <laughs> Um, I did like them a lot. Uh, they were very energetic. However, they mentioned that they had only been together for five days. Um, I think that they're still together. I saw something online about them, but um, 
not a whole lot. Um, one thing I th thought was very, um, very admirable of them is they stayed through all of the sets of the other bands and supported their fellow bandmate, fellow musicians. Um, Heavy Looks was a solid band. They, however, were um, either breaking up or reassembling that evening, that very evening. So I'm not going to review them a whole lot because I don't know what their status as a band is. I believe one of the members uh, was leaving because he had had a child, and that's a wonderful thing. But he wanted to do different things with his life then. I think he was going to still be in other bands, but he had to cut down on time commitments. Um, then uh, to Leggy. Leggy I thought was awesome. I was very impressed by them. Um, they are a band from Cincinnati that got together in 2014. Um, it's a three-member band of Veronique Aller, Christian Blah, and Christopher Campbell. I believe that I was saying their names right. I hope that I said their names right, or at least close. But <laughs> I apologize if I did that wrong. Um, the genre that they follow is lush punk and rock and roll. Um, they, to me, they, they reminded me of a slightly more melodic Sonic Youth. I enjoyed them a lot. Um, my husband, who's going to be doing some of the music segments with me in the future, didn't really catch a Sonic Youth vibe, but the reason that I did, I think, was the um, juxtaposition of... I believe it was Veronique Aller's voice and the um, harder, heavier-hitting music, which, um, as I said, was is um, very punk, very um, edgy sort of um, music. Uh, one thing I appreciated a lot also about them is that they ended a lot of their songs very quickly in a Ramon sort of style. Um, they would... Um, get what they had to say down, and that was it. And um, I, I appreciated them a lot. I bought their um, CD that was just out and that they were on tour for, um, Let Me Know Your Moon. Um, and I believe it's on Sheer Luck Records in the U.S. and Danably in the U.K. and the E.U. Uh, they are touring right now in England, and it uh, looks like they were in Leicester, UK on the 11th. Um, Bristol, I, I think it's probably going on pretty soon. It's, uh, they're scheduled to be there on the night of the 12th, and I think that they're six hours ahead of us. Um, then they're going to be in Cardiff in Wales, which was what I made me think of. Uh, Wales earlier. Um, but yeah, I greatly appreciated them, and... Please support them. Um, it looks like they toured before it, with Shonen Knife um, from their website. And Shonen Knife is another band that you should look out for. They um, are criminally underappreciated. They've been around since, I believe, the early 80s. Um, and they're a Japanese punk rock quartet, I think it is. Um, they have uh, revolving members. Um, but they are incredibly good, and uh, you uh, owe it to yourself to give them a listen. 
Um, they do take a bit to get used to. They have a Ramon sort of aesthetic. Um, but um, stream something by them. You'll like it a lot, I think. All right. Um, so then to the stars of the night, Summer Cannibals. Now, Summer, Summer Cannibals is a band that I was looking forward to seeing for a, quite some time. Um, I believe I heard them in 2014 in Portland, Oregon, uh, when visiting some good friends and, um, became instantly interested. And my husband and I went to a record store and immediately found their album and, um, enjoyed it greatly. Um, they started in 2012, um, they're rock genre, but they sound kind of funk to me. Um, I suppose alternative would work us work for um, a genre if you need to fit them into one. But nah, nah, I don't suppose anybody really needs to be fit into a genre. Okay, um, their first CD, the one that we picked up, uh, was No Makeup. And they put that out on New Moss Records, which was their own record own label that they started. Uh, then they were on Kill Rock Stars, which in the past feature, featured Sleater Kinney and Bikini Kill, Kathleen Hanna's uh, infamous <laughs> band. Um, so that was very fitting for them because they are... Um, they, ha they have an even mix of members, female and male, but they're uh, they're a female-centric band. Um, Jessica Bordeaux is the lead singer. I'm sorry, I think I said that wrong. Oh, it's... Boudreau? I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Jessica, I'm pronouncing that badly. Uh, but it's B-O-U-D-R-E-A-U-X. Um, Casey Bloom, Devon Shirley, and Ethan Boudman. Um... They have had other lineups in the past, but that is their current lineup. Um, on stage, they were awesome. They they filled the place with their own light. You were very absorbed in the concert. Um, they uh, did a lot of dancing, and Jessica and Cassie did these hilarious poses. Um and Cassie, at one point, even um, came out into the dance floor and um, danced around with the audience. Uh, it's not a big enough place to do stage diving, really. Um, it would, I think you would actually have to go up in order to, <laughs> to surf the crowd. So um, she just came out and danced with us for a while um, with her Save the, Save the Bees t-shirt. Um, Let's see. Um, the next album that they had after No Makeup was Show Us Your Mind in 2015, and that appeared on NPR's Sound Opinions Best of list, best of for the year. Um, so that was a, a great happening for them. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, my brain turns off in the middle of a sentence. Um, all right, they are currently on tour of the Western United States right now. Uh, they are seemingly always on tour. I was looking at their um, list of tours from last year. 
their list of tour dates from last year, and they do not take a lot of breaks. They must be very tired because touring like that has got to be hell on, on a person. Um, however, they are returning in November on November 9th in November um, to the X-Ray Arcade in nearby Cudahy, Wisconsin, which I am very astounded and extremely pleased about. I have, um, like I said, I've tried to see them several times. They've been to Chicago, but it's always a time that I'm not able to go or we find out the day after it happens or something. But um, Summer Cannibals is a band to watch. I highly recommend them. All right. Um, so that ends the uh, second portion of Fishnets and Phantoms. And... After this, I'm going to go into a discussion of full core and Ari Aster's Midsummer. All right, I'll talk to you. Soon.